friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this, well, what I'll say is Friday, uh, March the 24th, and whenever you are listening to this, uh, wherever you are, I wish you God's grace, I wish you God's courage, I wish you God's strength today as we enter into, or at least near, depending on when you listen to this, uh, the holiest of weeks uh, within our church here. Uh, As some of you know, I mentioned it in last week's, or well, the episode I dropped yesterday, um, or previously, depending on when this one drops, uh, that I am on vacation, so I'm going to drop two episodes. Don't want to miss Holy Week as we enter into it on Palm Sunday. So whenever you decide to listen to that, this is fine, but I'm going to be looking at the readings for the, the weekend of April the 2nd. So those are the Palm Sunday readings. And what I'm going to do, because I don't want to read the full Passion, I mean, if I did that, this would be a very, very long podcast, Um, and uh, I chose not to read the Gospel at the beginning, and I'll talk a little bit about that at the end, but the readings that we will read, uh, and they're so good, I mean, every reading is so good on Palm Sunday, but I'm going to read the first reading, which is out of Isaiah, Isaiah 50, verses 4 to 7. And then I'm going to read Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 11. Both very famous readings. Both we read every year, every year on Palm Sunday. The only thing that changes is the gospel, which is always the passion, but it goes Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This is Matthew's year, being year A. And the uh, uh, processional gospel, the entrance gospel, which usually, again, would come out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and today's is, is Matthew's. So that being said is a, a bit of a, a pretext. Again, uh, listen to this whenever works for you. Um, just know it's April 2nd's reading. And so if this is going to help you enter into Holy Week, hey, just hit pause and pick it back up before you do that. Um, as always, my friends, I invite you to settle yourself, get your heart Get your spirit, get your being ready, and invite God. And and trust that God will do the work. But invite God, uh, and the Holy Spirit particularly, to to move within, among, through, around you, and uh, plant those seeds from this word that need to be planted in your life today. Okay? So with that said, let's go into to break open God's word. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For those new, what I invite you to do with the word you just heard, with the word you're going to hear, open yourself and look for a phrase. Look for a sentence you never heard before. Look for an idea you never knew was there. Allow God to speak to you through those 
odd things that may catch your attention in whatever way that is, that's God, that's the Spirit saying, hey, stick with me, and then just hold on to that, chew on that, as it were, and allow that to be the way God speaks to you uh, for this coming week, okay? And now on to Philippians. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Coming in human likeness and found human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You knew those, didn't you? They're so good. They're so good. Now let me put them in a context, because what we're, what I, I mean, what this liturgy is about. It, 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 and you've you've seen it. You've lived it, of course. But the Palm Sunday liturgy. Don't go to mass thinking it's going to be a normal hour. Figure it's going to be an hour and fifteen to an hour and a half. That's that's just what it's going to be. It starts with the processional gospel. This is not a normal, let's go, you know, start with our opening song, and like we always do. It actually starts with a gospel in the back, and the palms will be blessed. But the gospel is Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, which, of course, is triumphant, right? And you're going to hear that story. And, uh, and then the opening song will be something like the King of Glory or something triumphant like that. And, uh, and the procession may go around the whole church, maybe outside, it may be simply down the main aisle. Um, but uh, it's a triumphant procession. So the liturgy begins in triumph, but it quickly turns, doesn't it? I mean, we see the, the red garments, uh, which denote, of course, blood, right? That's the only other times we were red are on uh, Good Friday, right? Because of blood. Um, Pentecost, because of the fire of the Holy Spirit. And then on the feast days of martyrs, which is blood again. I mean, it's striking, and it's meant to be striking because the liturgy will take a turn and it does at Isaiah when Isaiah speaks of the hardships of being a, a person of faith. And, and brothers and sisters, the, these readings are not just denoting uh, an event that took place 2,000 years ago, although they are, they are. But, but effective, I mean, the word of God wouldn't be the word of God if it didn't make sense to our lives today. And what that means is, of course, anytime you and I are going to be uh, people of faith, people of, as, as Isaiah was, listening, uh, people of, of moving forward with the word and, and uh, given a well-trained tongue and speaking that word, we have to believe and we have to know that um, the world hasn't changed that much and that what happened to Isaiah and what happened to Jesus, and what happened to virtually all the prophets, and what happened to Paul, why would we think anything different is going to happen to us? And so it changes. And Philippians is Paul's, again, it's a high note. It's, it's, 
it's just an unbelievable expression of worship and, and, and praise, as well it should be. But yet it includes, hey, he took the form of a slave, uh, being willing to die even death on a cross, right? And then, of course, we get to the Passion, uh, which is um, Matthew's version, which is going to be long. It's going to be two chapters worth. You know, don't, don't, don't go expecting to sit and, and, you know, bring your energy, I guess is my point. Um, but just envelop yourself and allow yourself to, to live in the passion. And, and, and here's the deal. We leave, I, I call this Palm Sunday, but it's really Passion Sunday. It's Passion Sunday of the Lord's, or it's, it's Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion or something is the official title, but, but we just call it Palm Sunday. Um, but we leave this liturgy, right? Um, we leave it with Jesus in the grave. We leave it on a somber note, even though it starts on such a high note. Now, let's talk a little bit about this, okay? So two points, and again, you know, I know it can, I can go long, and I'm going to attempt not to do that. But um, let's start with the, the first reading. Uh, and there's a reason I, I didn't do the processional gospel. It's so good. Uh, but again, I think you know it, which is why I, I wanted to stay away. And I really wanted to focus on kind of that turn. And so let's start with, with Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might speak to the weary, a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning, he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled. I have not turned back. Now, of course, we look at that. Now, now the Jewish writer, be it Isaiah or, or whoever wrote this, I mean, in a sense, they were foreshadowing Jesus, but they were, of course, we're, we're talking about other things as well. And, and I think you and I can see ourselves in this as well. And I, at least I hope we do. But, of course, it was at one level, um, uh, looking ahead to the life and ministry and, and actions of Jesus. But, but what it invites us to, my friends, what it certainly invited Jesus to, because we saw that Jesus, like the suffering servant here, the this, this same thing came about, right? But God has given a well-trained tongue, gave it to Isaiah, gave it to Jesus, and presumably, brothers and sisters, he gives that to us too, right? In order what? That we may speak to those who are weary around us. And the world is filled with those who are weary. A word that will bring them back to life. Remember what I said last week, or at least in, in last week's readings in, in those? Resurrection is reality. That is the ultimate reality. Life, not death, life. But, our, but our, our world is filled with people sleepwalking, including us sometimes. I'll raise my hand to that. And, and we're called, my friends, to help rouse them and to, to remind them who they are and whose they are and, and that they are loved in the midst of whatever's going on with them and that God is present now. And God is acting now. And that we are called to be women and men, people filled with life, not slumber or sloth or weariness or death. And so we are called, brothers and sisters, to speak that uh, well-trained tongue, to speak that word that will rouse them. But I, I love this. Morning after morning, he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, I have not turned back. Meaning Isaiah, every morning, even though you know, and we're going to get to that, the people plucking his beard and, and beating him, right? And, and he didn't buffet his, his face from, you know, or shield his face from the buffets that were coming. Um, it, it, he still went back morning after morning. Why? 
that he may hear. He listened. He was a person of listening. And he opened himself first and foremost, not just listening to one another, although amen, amen, but listening to God and where God is inviting him. And he listened to him, and even though he had to say, oh, Lord, please don't bring me down to the marketplace to have to, to give that word again. But even if that's where God called him, he realized that's what he must do. And he did it, even though Isaiah was aware of where that's going to lead him. And of course, that foreshadows Jesus, right? Uh, you know, I, I know, brothers and sisters, we talk so much about the resurrection, and we talk about uh, the cross and how Jesus uh, the cross saved us. And, and you know, I don't even know what that means in fullness. I, I'll be honest, anybody that tries to tell you what that means in fullness, I think they're selling you something. But what I urge us to do is not not think of it in a way that is God um, needed blood in order to love us, and therefore he's going to love Jesus. And uh, only if Jesus says yes, and, uh, and, and sheds his blood, and therefore God can love us. I mean, what kind of image does that give us of who God is, right? What kind of image? That gives us a God who is vengeful, who is bloodthirsty, has a bloodlust, and Jesus as a mere victim and martyr. And, and I don't think that's who Jesus is, and I don't think that's who God is. So if that's stuck somewhere in there, gosh, I just urge you to set that aside. What did Jesus do? Morning after morning, he listened to God, and he did not um, rebel. He did not turn back, and instead, he listened to God, and when God gave him that word, he spoke that word uh, to rouse us, to rouse them 2,000 years ago and to rouse us now. He knew that in living the kingdom reality, he was going to run up against the ways of the world, the 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 ways of secrecy, the ways of profit, the ways of power, the ways of, of you know, um, elevating the self and not God. And any time Jesus, in, in elevating and living the kingdom of God, came up against those people, he knew he was going to be the one who was, um, well, I mean, whose face was plucked, whose beard was plucked, and, and, and face was buffeted, and, and things like that, right? Brothers and sisters, the the world hasn't changed. The ways of power and profit and ego uh, and, and, and all of those, they're, they're still the way the world works. And if we, you and I, are going to listen to God, and if we are going to speak a word that will rouse the weary and those who are on the fringe and those who are loved who don't believe they are for whatever reason because the, the ways of this world don't uh, lift them up, we have to know that we are going to run into those same things. We must. And the question that, that it comes to us is, do we have the strength and the courage, the will, to say yes to that? You know, the, the, the liturgy, as I said, it leaves us in death. It leaves us with Jesus in the grave, and it looks like a final note. Brothers and sisters, if Jesus subjected himself and, and didn't say that he was above suffering, I mean, that's what uh, Paul says, right? You know, that Jesus, Christ Jesus, even though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, even to the point of death. If Jesus knew that he, in, in living the word of God, in the kingdom reality of, of life and resurrection and, and love, 
um, was going to be uh, submitted. He was going to he was going to encounter. Let's use that word suffering. How much more do we know we will as well? If we live kingdom reality, we will encounter suffering in our life. And maybe maybe more than anything, this point I'm trying to make is, brothers and sisters, there will be times when whatever tower we are building will collapse. Uh, maybe at a moment that we do not expect it. Maybe we see it coming. How do we react? How do we react when that collapses? Because brothers and sisters, suffering, and I don't just mean pain, I mean emotional suffering, loss, the death of a loved one, the, 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 the separation of this image of what I had for myself or what my kids would be or whatever the world would be that I want to pass on or, or the, the work that I do crumbles and, and all the efforts I made make no difference in anybody's. How do we deal with that? That's suffering. And brothers and sisters, we will encounter it in our life. If you have not encountered it to this point, wow, that's a reality. Suffering is a reality. Resurrection is reality. Those are both capital letters. Resurrection is reality. But brothers and sisters, suffering will be part of that. We cannot avoid it. How do we respond? Do we continue to um, hold our head up in dignity like Isaiah did and Jesus did? Do we offer forgiveness uh, like Jesus did? Do we keep our mouth shut? Maybe that's the best we can do, like Jesus and the suffering servant did. How do we enter into suffering? That says something about who we are. Now listen, if we haven't entered into it well, be kind to yourself, because more will come. We'll have more opportunities. This is not a moral judgment on you. But suffering is real. Now, I want to echo something Martin Luther King said. The arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. The arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards life. It bends towards resurrection. Ultimately, what, what King is saying, and I, and I couldn't agree more, is the arc of the universe is long, but it ends in the kingdom of God, because that's where reality ends. God has the last word, like I said, not death. But it's long, and we may not get there. We may not see it in our lifetime. Or we may not see it for a long time in whatever is crumbling, whatever kingdom or tower is crumbling in our life. It won't stay there, brothers and sisters, but it's going to feel like it may for a while. Remember, this liturgy ends in death. We're not going to get to resurrection until a week from now. If only they only took a week. But that idea that time elapses before it happens is real. We live most of our life in Holy Saturday, in between Good Friday and death and resurrection on Easter Sunday. That the arc of the universe is long, but it's going to get there. But how do we live in the midst of it when it doesn't feel like resurrection? It feels like death. It feels like loss. It feels like failure. Second point and last point, and trust me, it won't nearly be as long, is this whole point of ego versus um, uh, bending our knee. To what do we bend our knee? You know, this... this uh, Philippians reading is so good. Jesus, the the God-man, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he empties himself in the form of a slave, taking on uh, obedience even to the point of death, death on a cross. Brothers and sisters, 
I don't know about you. I suspect what I'm going to say about me is true for you too, though. Why so often in my life do I try to exalt myself or try to play God in whatever that is, you know? And of course, that doesn't mean I'm God. I don't think I'm God. None of that. But I try to have the last word. I try to be right. Or I try to um, make my agenda happen or, or uh, you know, push through something that I believe or whatever as if I'm more intelligent than anyone else or as if I'm more, you know, in need. Why do I make myself the center of what this is? And the one who was without sin, the one who was God incarnate, didn't do that, but rather humbled himself, bending to whatever God's will was, listening morning after morning and going out and submitting, not to his will, but God's, to the kingdom of God, whatever that, wherever that took him. Brothers and sisters, to what do we bend our knee? So often in my life, it is my own life or agenda or ego. But we're invited out of that space. And, and, and that's why I just love that Philippians, you know, that uh, because of this, you know, Jesus' humility, God exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bend. Those in the heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My friends, if this Lent you find yourself bowing to your own agenda and bending your knee to your own will or your own thoughts or your own ideas or your own power or your own ego or your own, uh, you know, wanting to be right or, or, or being known well in the world in, in whatever form that is, how, how do we begin offering that up? and bending our knee to the only one that does matter. We leave this liturgy today, my friends, feeling empty, feeling loss, feeling like a failure. That's okay, because it's not going to stay there. The arc of the universe is long, but it ends at justice. It ends at life. It ends at resurrection. But just know in the middle of it, God walks with us. As he mentions in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because you, Lord, are at my side. God walks with us through this time of crumbling towers, inviting us to continue to listen and to continue to, to speak a word that will rouse and trust that God will not allow us to be put to shame. Let's pray. We begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth sorrowful mystery. Jesus dies on the cross. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, as we enter into this holiest of weeks, may you know and trust that God walks with you every moment. Be well, my friends.